We have some people who have been ill recently. Of course, Barb had her surgery, and we're pleased with that. She has been weak still, and uh, I would love if you would pray that Barb would continue to eat well. She needs to eat, and, uh, and eat well, and get, get all her strength back. And my wife is again sick today. She, um, like she was quite ill about three weeks ago, just came one Sunday just to teach class, and then went home again. And when Robin gets sick, like it's a very unusual experience. Like she, she hasn't missed a day of work because of sickness in years, and then all of a sudden, in the last three weeks, she's, you know, this has happened twice. So it's kind of unusual. So if, if in your prayers you're uh, wanting to think about those who are not feeling well, Robin's one of them. She's just not, not feeling well, and I'd love for you to pray for her. Last year, we had an elder and staff retreat. And I'm just going to refresh your memories about this for a moment here. You know, Wayne and Darlene really want us to have another retreat, and I think I know why. Because if you'll remember, this was where Wayne and Darlene stayed, okay? This was, this was their room at the retreat center. This was their washroom. And the rest of us felt like that was a little bit over the top, uh, you know, that Wayne and Darlene would kind of go there. When This was the room that the rest of the elders stayed in. And I, I was a little disturbed that the elders couldn't keep their room a bit tidier than this. That part about Getty Images, I'm not sure what that means. Somebody must have thought that this was such a a good picture of what elders are like that they decided to put this online. I think their names were Philip and Karen, so I don't know what that's all about. And then this is where Dustin and I stayed. There there was only one room, I mean only one bed. And part of the reason I wanted to do this this morning is because Wayne and Berliner, you know, they're kind of saying, let's have another retreat. The rest of us are saying, let's hold off on that. Dustin and I, not excited at all. And Jonathan, where's Jonathan? Like, you need to know what kind of room you're going to get. If if we do, in fact, have another retreat... uh, yeah, I know, exactly. I, you know, and it, well, if you get the bunk, then I'm going to get that little table there, and, and Dustin can bathe in the sink if he wants. That's fine. Um, of course, Hope has been hired now also in the meantime, and so I don't know what Darcy and Hope would do. I don't know if they would get this or if they would get this. It's hard to say, but uh, at least we know what the staff is going to get. Well... Uh, as fall rolled around and they wanted to have this retreat, it did make me think that we should move in the direction of talking again about the things that we talked about at the retreat last year. And, and that had a lot to do with where we're at in terms of our ministry and our mission and vision as a church. And so this morning, we're going to do this. We, we do this every year, in fact. The elders have kind of commissioned us and said, we want you to take a Sunday and talk about our vision and ministry. And so I want to do that. Well, one of the things that we did last year and that we continue to do as a church is to assess our ministry and where that's at. And so this morning, just very quickly, a ministry assessment. Here's some things that I think we could say. There are some very effective community ministry things happening, like, for example, our brown bags for kids. Many of you are involved in that. It's a wonderful ministry. Homeless partners lunches are going on. And these are the ones that we have on Wednesday afternoons. And again, they're just uh, absolutely wonderful. Immigrant family ministry. This is kind of something that we're getting into more and more because as time goes on, there are more and more immigrants, of course, moving to Canada. And we're called by different organizations to help with those immigrants and take care of them. And so we're, we're called into this more and more. And I think we need to be thinking seriously about what it means for us to be a church that is going to minister to people who are new to Canada. We've got our clothing exchanges and our winter clothing giveaway that's coming up, and we're excited about that. 
friend speak is happening. And Miles, how many, uh, how many readers and how many uh, workers do we have right now? 17 pairs. Okay, so we have 17 people right now who are reading with someone who uh, is likely an immigrant to Canada and trying to learn English. And in the process, we have a chance to read the Gospel of Luke with them and then progress from there. We've got a benevolence pantry that continues to be incredibly active. Uh, it's amazing how much food we give away. There's an affiliation with the Calgary Women's, uh, Immigrant Women's Association that we have. They're here in our building twice a week, and I'm just always pleased when that takes place. We've got Serve Day that happens once a year in the spring where we go into our community and do some things for some people who need to have things happen for them, especially as far as yard work or whatever. And we've got our Christmas hampers, which are coming up here very soon, where we're going to take some families and bless them at Christmas time. So those are some of the things that we do. We've got other things that happen around here, like, for example, our study and growth opportunities, which are a blessing to so many. And so we have our children's ministry, including Spark, where that takes place. Ed and Karina are the ones who are especially in charge of that. We have our teens and young adults ministry that Dustin heads up and it flourishes and we're just so grateful that God has sent Dustin to us. Our adult classes and other study opportunities like our ladies Bible study on Thursdays takes place and there are people who have a chance to go th grow through all of those means. We also have things like life groups and we really like the fact that we emphasize our life groups the way that we do and that they play a central place uh, in our church's life. In fact, if you're not part of a life group, we really want to continue to encourage you to be part of one. We think this is absolutely crucial. Here's Ron sitting over here, just baptized last week. Ron has been coming to the life group on Thursday nights uh, here at the building, and I just hope that continues for a long time to come, brother, and that you continue to grow and that we can grow together as we spend that time together. We are greatly blessed by our ethnic diversity. Sometimes we have those potlucks where we actually take note of the fact that we're a very international church and we get together and eat food from all kinds of different places. But on any given Sunday, whether we have a potluck or not, we've got all kinds of ethnic groups represented here and people who've come from different parts of our world should uh, join together and worship and praise God on a Sunday morning. So that's a, a blessing for us as, as well. And then we love the fact that our building's utilized all week long. That's a real positive for us. I'm, I'm very grateful that that goes on. Uh, just about any time you come here, the place is going to be buzzing. Now, of course, you'll come here on a Monday morning and it won't be buzzing quite as much as it'll just be the staff here. But if you, come on a, if you come on a Tuesday or if you come on a Wednesday at noon or you come here on a Thursday, uh, you're going to find lots of folks around doing things. Uh, and it's nice that we don't just take our building and have it just sit here seven days a week or six days a week the way some churches do. Our men's and women's ministries continue to bless and we're so grateful for that as well. And then our worship ministry is growing at several levels. God continues to bless us in various ways with Jonathan's presence. And I'm just so grateful that he's here. That's a good thing. And I, I enjoyed, I was greatly blessed by the worship this morning. And I'm sure that that will continue in the second service and then into next week. And it's just a wonderful thing to see the way God's blessing us through Jonathan's ministry. Well, those are some things that I think we do pretty well at. Um... And I'm grateful that God blesses us with the ministry opportunities that we have. There are some things in which we probably could do better. And so I just wanted to mention some things that I would I put it in these terms. What we long for. What we want God to do among us as far as a ministry kind of way. And I just, I'd, I'd love to see these things happen in our church more and more. 
Like, for example, we want to expand the number of those in our church who are involved in ministry. And so if you're not involved in ministry, there's, there are lists up on the board right back there in the back of the auditorium. We'd love to have you sign up for that. Or you can talk to one of our staff ministers, one of our elders, talk to Hope. And there are ways in which we, you can be involved in ministry if you're not already. And we just want to, you know, it'd, it'd be perfect. We're not going to have 100% involvement in terms of people involved in ministry on a Sunday morning or any other time, but we'd love to have people involved as much as possible. So if you're not involved in ministry, please make that a priority for you. We want to increase the effectiveness of our life groups, especially in terms of outreach. And we've had life groups now going for quite some time since, well, I mean, long time before this, but at least five or six years we've been really focused on the life group ministry. We think something significant can happen through these, and we'd love to have more people involved. And then especially, we'd love to see our life groups be effective with, res- <coughs> with respect to outreach. And so if there are opportunities for you to, come, to invite someone to come and be part of one of our life groups, we want so much for people to do that. Then we want to do a better job of raising up leaders. This is one of the things that we don't do as well as we should. And so we would love to develop a means whereby we can raise up leaders in our congregation uh, better than we already do. And then finally here, we want to improve our outreach into our community, especially helping them to know Christ through intentional discipleship. And this is, in fact, where I really want to spend uh, the rest of our time this morning, focusing on this notion of reaching into our community with the good news of Jesus and asking the question, how is it that we can do this better? And here's the thing. A moment ago, I put up on the screen lots of things that we do as a church, some things that we do really well, some things that I would love to see us do a lot better than we already do. But if somebody was to come to me and say, Kelly, what is the one thing that our church, more than anything else, really needs to focus on? What ways are there in which we really need to grow most? This is one of the ways in which I would say we really need to grow. We need to grow in terms of our outreach into our community, especially in helping them to know Christ through intentional discipleship. I would love to say that we're really good at this. But the fact is, we're not so good at this. Not as good as we need to be in order for us to bless our community and our world in the way that we should. It's interesting, a little while ago, (laughs) Wayne and Darlene again. I don't know where Darlene went. She went somewhere, went on a trip, and when she got back... She came into my office on a Thursday morning, I think it was. I think she was here for ladies' Bible study. She came in and she said, you know, I've been thinking about evangelism. She said, we need to do this a lot more than we do. And I couldn't agree more. I was pretty impressed with Darlene having such a heart for that. Clearly, it was on her mind that we need to talk to people about Jesus more than we do. And that what we do when we talk about discipleship become more than just the effective growing of people in Jesus who are already Christians and grow them up in Him, but that people actually come to know Christ through our ministry here at the church more uh, and and in a, a more effective 
more prevalent way than we already do. And it makes total sense that this would happen among us because of some things that Scripture says and even some things on which we focus. Like, for example, Matthew 4.19 has become for us over the last five years or so a kind of key text. This is a place where we go when we want to talk about ministry and what it means for us to be the church and, in fact, the Calvary Church of Christ. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. That's the way that the NIV says it. Instead of, I will make you fishers of men, they've become gender neutral. In this case, it works. And I'm glad that they have. I will send you out to fish for people. That's kind of a neat way to say that. I like the idea that we would be out fishing for people under the guidance of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that passage does express something that's important to us. Maybe it needs to be more important to us. And then this passage that we all know so well, Matthew 28, 19 through 20, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. That too is a text that is important to us. Now what's interesting to me, if you look at these two texts, both of them back to back, come follow me, Jesus said, and I'll send you out to fish for people and therefore go and make followers of all nations is really what this says. It's not just that we make disciples, but we make followers of all nations, followers of Jesus, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son. So the notion of being a follower is here in both passages. And that's important to us because that's on our theme for the year, or for this part of the year anyway. Come follow me, Jesus said. And so we've been talking for weeks now about the notion of being a disciple, being a follower of Christ. But if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, you can't get away from the rest of what these passages say. Notice that in both passages, which are so key for us, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And then he says, therefore, go and make followers of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And these passages are not just fringe passages. They're not just isolated passages. These passages represent something that's right at the core of what it means for us to be followers of Jesus. And so it seems to me like we have to take seriously the direct link between being a follower of Christ and somehow sharing our faith with others about our life in Christ. Discipleship is not just something we do as an in-house project. Discipleship is something that needs to expand. And this is one of the reasons, of course, why we're expressly, specifically, focused on discipleship this fall. So that as we grow in Christ, as we become the followers that he wants us to be, that we recognize the value, the importance of expanding the kingdom by sharing with others the good news of Jesus. One of the things that we did at the retreat last year was we talked a bit about the definition, in fact, of discipleship. And we came up with this. Discipleship is being completely committed to God, Jesus, and the Spirit as Lord, knowing and following His ways and teachings, including service to the world, 
to such an extent that what you are, you intentionally pass on to others. So that what they become in following Christ, in your example, is by them intentionally passed on to others who intentionally pass it on. Not bad. But it shows us, excuse me, it shows us exactly what discipleship is really supposed to be. And the reproduction element here is so crucial. So when I say, if I had to pick one area in which our ministry falls down the most, the fact that discipling others is one of our weaknesses is no small matter. In fact, it's a huge matter. We can't just look at all the wonderful things that we do in terms of our ministry here and say, man, we're really reaching out into our community. We've got homeless people coming here and we've got kids that we feed on Mondays and Wednesdays. We take lunches and this is just such a good ministry. We can't just rest on that. Not as long as this kind of key area of what it means to be a disciple is not as advanced among us as it should be. We need to be reaching into our world with the good news of the kingdom and impacting people's lives with that good news. They need to see discipleship carried out among us. They need to experience the good news of Christ in the process. Now, that's not to say that we haven't been oriented somehow in the right direction. One of the exciting things... One of the exciting things about our focus on discipleship this fall is that it really isn't a departure for us. It's not something new. And so we can look up here and it says our mission is to reach the world for the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is an outreach portion of our discipleship process here that's important to us. And in fact, when we look at our mission and vision, they both possess that element reaching the world for the Lord Jesus Christ one person at a time and making disciples in relational environments. Now, we know this. We've seen this. So it's clear to me that our problem is not that we don't get it, that we haven't oriented ourselves in the right direction. Our problem, I think, is in the actual doing of what we are to be doing. Again, our our outreach efforts are fantastic and they're exciting. I love being able to share with people what our church is doing. I I was at Seven Seas, uh, which is a group of ministers here in town. Uh, Myself and Jonathan and Dustin, we go to this on a regular basis. And I was there just this last week. And Jonathan was actually the speaker. He was sharing some things that they'd done in Japan. But then it it became uh, part of the process to talk about some of the things that we do here in our church family. And it's such a blessing to be able to talk about those things. I love being able to say, oh, we do this and we're doing this and we're doing this and we're doing this. But if somebody says to me, how are you doing in reaching the lost? At that point, I don't have near as much to say. And I think that's a problem. And I think we need to do more with this than what we're currently doing. So we're actually going to finish the thoughts that I've kind of brought up this morning. We're going to finish these over the last couple, the next couple of weeks. We're going to talk next week, for example, about being a spiritual parent. And we're going to define 
pretty carefully what being a spiritual parent, a mature disciple of Jesus, what that really looks like. We're going to talk about how we need to move and to grow and to be what God wants us to be. And so both this week and next week and the week after that are all going to be kind of going down the same path in terms of talking about outreach and how this needs to be part of who we are. And then we're going to cap that off by on December 11th, J. Don Rogers being here and his mission work. So really for four weeks in a row, we're going to be focusing on our need to be the kind of disciples that God wants us to be in reaching out. Now in the meantime, there's something I want you to do during the next week. And it's this. I want you to ask this question. What should it look like when I am a disciple reaching out to others with the message about Christ and his kingdom? What should this look like? And so when you're doing some spiritual reflection this week, some point, at some point this week, God's going to cross your mind. I hope it's every moment. But obviously, there's, there are going to be those times in the next week when you're going to be thinking about your spiritual life and who you are before God and what all of this means to you. And when that happens, I want you to ask this kind of question. We're going to put this on the website. And so if you're sitting at work, it's noontime, it's lunch, you're thinking about spiritual thoughts, maybe you take your Bible and you read your Bible during lunchtime. You think, oh, Kelly asked me to think about that question about what it means to be a disciple. What was that question exactly? You can get on and look and see what the question is and just think about this. You might want to take out a piece of paper and write down some things. What should it look like when I'm a disciple reaching out to others with the message about Christ and his kingdom? What should that look like in your life as you do that for the Lord? We're going to talk about this some more in the next three weeks. But there's a question to start with, and I think that God is going to bless us as we reflect on what it means for us to be those who reach into the world for the Lord Jesus Christ, trying to reach people for him. Let's pray. Lord, we have... um, we have people among us who have been Christians for ever, long, long time. We have other people, Father, who, like in Ron's case, uh, were baptized within the last seven days. And all of us, God, whether you're brand new to this or whether we are old hats, we need to be taking on ourselves the responsibility of scattering seed, of planting, sowing the message about your son Jesus and what it is that he's done. And we want God for you to use us powerfully to change people's lives through the course of sharing with others about your son. And so I pray, God, over the next three weeks that you would work among us, that you'd work on our hearts, and that you'd move us to become more the spiritual parents who pass on our faith to spiritual children who then grow and do the same. Empower us through your spirit to do these things. We pray through Jesus. Amen.